I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into the Atlanta Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Derek Piper live at State Farm Center. And no offense to Rutgers, which is a team I really enjoy watching, uh, especially just how, how tough they play. Steve Peichel's both a good thing there. But when Darren Williams and Manny Jackson are in the building, Derek, you can't lose. Uh, and Illinois found a way to overcome an eight-point deficit in the first half, go on a 19-0 run. And I don't know if I've ever seen this before. A Big Ten team get shut out from scoring for 10 minutes that was an impressive defensive display from a team that is one of the most impressive defensive teams we've seen and uh, Derek what a big win is Illinois gets a quad one victory at home and for the first time this season they beat a top half Big Ten team we'll see if Michigan State ends up that but right now that is one of their best wins of the season beating Rutgers but something you got to do at home especially if you want to get one of those double buys in the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, it was a big spot for Illinois going into today and a team you now leap there in that top five, top six of the Big Ten. Uh, Rutgers now falling just a hair below you and we'll see how the rest of the weekend shakes out because what's cool about this weekend is you have the top six teams all playing each other. So Illinois getting an important win at home. You mentioned the quad one. Going into today, they'd only had one quad one win in Big Ten play. So you had another one uh, in that sense. And I know on Ken Palm, uh, Indiana was was slightly trailing Rutgers as far as the, the Ken Palm rankings going into today. So Rutgers on paper was the best team you'd played since Texas, So, uh, which is kind of crazy. So uh, to be able to hold on to the Ford at home is really important. You still have a chance to match what's been your Big Ten home record in the three previous seasons, which has been eight and two in each of the last three, uh, currently five and two here. So I uh, took a couple of losses early, but uh, I've rattled off some wins here. This was a big one. Uh, the defensive intensity in the second half was great. I, I They weren't very good there in the first half. And things came way too easy for Rutgers offensively. It was kind of one of the weird uh, first halves because it felt like Illinois should be down by a lot more than four points when you factor in like Shannon and Meyer combined for one field goal and, uh, Illinois made some had some mishaps with their uh, defensive breakdowns, their turnovers. It just started ugly for them. But there in that second half, they really clicked into into place. And Brad rolled with a, a defensive lineup that he loved, which included Sincere Harris and Ty Rogers. Uh, Coleman Hawkins did a really good job of slowing down Paul Mulcahy. So we we saw why Illinois is one of the best defensive squads, not only in the Big Ten but nationally. You mentioned right before we hopped on here, fifteenth in the country now defensive efficiency. That's big time, and they can really yeah. contest around the rim. And Rutgers, for they've had a really good season. They've got some talented players. And Moore didn't have his best game. Dane deserves a lot of credit for that. Uh, but one of my worries about them in the NCAA tournament is things can get really rocky for them offensively. And, and we saw it to a, a, a drastic <laughs> measure today with 11-plus minutes of 
or 10, 10 plus minutes without a point. Yeah, I think that's the fun of watching these head-to-head matchups, right? I mean, Indiana just punked Illinois on, on its home court. And it's like, okay, how do they respond? And Illinois has responded pretty dang well, right? They, they beat Ohio State, Wisconsin, Nebraska. And then you go to, to Iowa, and I thought that was a pretty evenly matched game, but Illinois just couldn't stop fouling. Like, I thought for the most part Illinois might have actually played better in that game, but they just couldn't stop fouling. And, and you tip your cap to, to Tony Perkins, who made those mid-range jumpers today – you lived with those mid-range jumpers. I looked at you and Caleb McConnell was making all these shots, and I'm like, I like the way that's going. They got to stop, you know, some of these other guys from from getting easy looks at the rim. Uh, we'll dive into what what Dane did against Cliff Omarui today, uh, but but what they did in the second half, and I think what they did offensively in the second half also shows you why Illinois, I think, is a better team than Rutgers. They have guys who can go get buckets. They have an offense that is capable of going four for eight from three in the second half. Illinois actually shot the ball well for a half from three, going four for eight in the second half. They just have guys who can go get them one, whether it's Meyer, whether it's Hawkins with his putback attempts, whether it's um, you know Terrence Shannon had a big second half with 12 points and seeing that aggression from him within the flow of the offense, I thought was great. 15 points on, on seven shots. They made two threes in rhythm, less of the uh, kind of isolation buckets for him. So uh, I think that was the difference today. Is Illinois is just a, a more talented offensive team, but both these teams are really good defensively. But Illinois is just more well-rounded. That's why I like Illinois' chances compared to Rutgers once you get into the NCAA tournament and, and why I like them more as we go into the Big Ten play because I didn't love Geo Baker all the time, Derek, but because um, he was inefficient, kind of reminds you of Boo Booey. But that's what Rutgers is missing is that one guy when you're going through an offensive drop that can just get you a bucket to make it a 6-0 run instead of a 19-0 run. Yeah, Illinois has far more dynamic players offensively. And you look at Illini just now cracking the top 50 offensive efficiency. Rutgers has been outside of the top 100 for pretty much the, the entirety of this season. They struggled to shoot the three, and Illinois did a great job today of containing Cam Spencer. I thought Jaden Epps on him was really good. But uh, as far as Illinois offensively, they, they worked through Dane early, which was good. I wondered how he would perform. Now it's a different test. Like it's not the level of Trace Jackson Davis. I thought Amori was the best big the Illinois has seen outside of TJD. But for Dane to score as well as he did against one of the better post defenders, at least in the Big Ten, and Amori, uh, who's got size at six eleven, he's very athletic, long arms. Uh, Dane played with a lot of confidence today and showed why when he's going like that, he can be one of the better bigs in the in the conference as well. And, and coming off a of game seventeen and nine at Iowa. Put up 15 today and, and seven. Uh, I thought he was he, he was spectacular. Uh, and I think that uh, getting Amori in foul trouble was a big deal, too, because if there's something Rutgers can maybe go to when they get in some offensive ruts, it is trying to throw it into Amori. But uh, with his foul trouble, that certainly hurt them. And, uh, yeah, I think that there you saw in the second half, Shannon got going finally. I, I think he, he stopped trying to hunt some calls. Uh, I think that's been one thing that he's gotten a little too caught up in. Now, uh, I think he's tried to, to go into contact, but uh, it's a hard sell sometimes when the ref knows you're, you're trying to maybe show the contact more than actually finish the shot. Uh, he, he got downhill a little bit. He made some of those pull-up threes, which is good. Jump and, stops. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I love jump stops. Even for a guy that's that good can get that vertical. Um, sometimes he just goes too much at the rim, makes himself shorter than he is. But he had a jump stop, finished in the lane. Like those things I think you're starting to see a little bit more uh, from Terrence Shannon. We'll get into the freshman, Derek. I want to get into who I thought was the star of the game as well. But let's bring up Dane Danger. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, he outplayed Cliff Omarui, which is not easy. I, I had Omarui on my all Big Ten third team last year. Like, he is just, you see him up close and you're like, wow, that's what they look like. Uh, he's going to have a chance in the NBA as just a rim runner. Um, he, he's limited offensively, uh, obviously, but he gives so much effort, so much energy. He's such a freak athlete. Um, and to get him in foul trouble it was huge. Uh, Dane drew three fouls, I think at least two of them. We're on Cliff Omarui. Cliff had a really bad one, 90 feet from the basket. I'm sure Steve Peichel will talk about that, that limited him in the second half. But when Omarui gets 14 and 10 and Danger gets 15 and 7, I feel pretty good about how Illinois is going to stack up. But we're now, you know, a year, uh, you know, most of the year into the Dane Danger experience, Derek. You brought it up. I mean, how would we stack him among Big Ten bigs? Obviously, you got a couple All Americans in Edie and Trace Jackson Davis, but it feels like Illinois might have a top half big man. And and in a post Kofi Coburn era, that's impressive given all the other pieces you've had. So Dane Danger has been a huge bright spot all season. And it feels like the more he plays, because this is basically his freshman year, the more comfortable and the more confident he's become. Yeah, absolutely. I would say above average big man for sure. When you go outside of the group of TJD and Edie, uh, I know that Rebrach has been very productive. I'd probably take Dane, I think, yeah. for the most part. Uh, Julian Reese was thought to be a breakout guy. He's had a solid year, but I think that Dane's overall been more, a little bit more productive probably. And uh, Zed Key, would you take Dane over him? Yes. Pro- probably. I mean, Hunter, obviously I'd take – yeah, sorry, Hunter I'd take too. Hunter, guys. Yep. Um, but Trace, Hunter, Edie. Take him over Stephen Crowell? Yes. I would, I would take Cliff. I know he just I know he just beat Cliff today, but I I would take Cliff. Julian Reese is an interesting one. It's a different kind of big, but but Julian Reese, I love the idea of. But I mean, we're not like that's top half and potentially top six, top in in discussion for top five big man in the Big Ten. Like that's really impressive, and I I don't think either of us were were thinking Dane Danger would be that in year one, and the fact that you can build on that going into the future with with multiple years of him is is huge for this program, but. Huge for this team because we thought, could they match up against a team like Rutgers? Could they match up with a team like Indiana? They couldn't. Like Purdue, they can't probably. But teams like Michigan, Rutgers, Maryland, yeah, you got a chance. For sure. Yeah, and like you said there, in his first season. And a guy that was, as we come back to many times, very talented coming out of high school, had a lot of natural scoring ability. It just was getting him into shape. I mean, when he came here mid-year last year, he was – he was not in good shape, and even in the, the limited minutes he played at Baylor, it showed that he, he had a long ways to go to be able to yeah. get into a, a spot of being really productive at this level and then just to play this type of competition and try to adjust to playing in the Big Ten and and now to to be someone that's stacking some consistency and uh, as confident as he is. I mean, he's, he's uber confident offensively, and we've, we've talked about you know what his length has been able to do defensively as well. It's been a part of why Illinois has been one of the best – two-point field goal defenses out there. So, uh, and, and to be able to build on this and, and have two more years of him is, yeah. is is outstanding. I think he is good in that pinch post area as you put him in the spread, as long as he just doesn't try to overdo things. Like, he is someone that can really handle it and, and, and be a little fancy at times. But uh, I think we saw, yeah. uh, like, a pass to Jaden Epps on a back guy. I think that's something that can really even open up more for him. It's, it's kind of – I think Underwood's talked about this, kind of understanding some of the – intricacies of the game still for someone that is still fairly new to college basketball it can even further his game more but we know that he's got the power we know he's got the touch around the basket 
and it's it's been a huge asset for Illinois. A guy that you know, was coming off the bench early, and we didn't we didn't know. We maybe he'd play 15 minutes a game. Maybe he'd be like we kind of talked about what he played like a Georgie role. Now he's yeah. a little bit more of a focal point. I mean, logging 30 minutes tonight, and I think he had, was in that range against Iowa too. That's that's a lot more than you would have uh, thought coming into this year. Yeah, let's be honest. He was kind of a small school killer uh, early in the season, but right. during conference play, he's averaging 24 minutes, and that's that's going up. Uh, 9.4 points, 6.2 rebounds, uh, and he's got 18 blocks in, in 13 games. So uh, there are things he can get better at too. So yeah, I mean, whether we're putting him five, six, or seven, I, I got him as a top half Big Ten big man. I, I don't know if we thought Illinois would have that coming into the year. So that's been huge. All right, this guy could be a little bit of a roller coaster, and he was even in this game. But the star of the game today was Coleman Hawkins. He was, he was the best player on the court. Five turnovers today, too too much. Um, but just offensively, Derek, he created so much, just so much effort on the glass. I think that has been so consistent for him, and he's getting putbacks. Um, he did settle for a few threes today, but I think about ha- more than half of his threes were were better shots today. Made one of them, uh, but just kind of took things off the bounce a little bit more. But in a game where you had kind of two players, Mulcahy and Hawkins, who do some similar things offensively, I thought Hawkins was more impactful on that end. And then, obviously, he's a big part of what they do defensively and on the glass. So, uh, Coleman, you see again why NBA teams are interested in him, why he's so important for this team, because when he's good, this team's capable of some big things. Right. And early in that second half, after, you know, going into halftime right beforehand, okay, he was starting to hurt you there in that ball screen action, kind of pulling up in the, in the mid range, hit a three. And uh, they made a pivot to put uh, Coleman on him and to challenge him with his length. And obviously he's got the mobility too. And you see the versatility defensively and, and he can even come over and help and, and be able to challenge shots. I mean, him and Ty did a, a, a really good job in Terrence too. There was a real, great contest there in transition but Coleman was a big part of locking in defensively uh, and I yeah I, I fully agree like his his consistent rebounding effort is really something that's been very encouraging it just seemed like that kind of permeated throughout his game five offensive rebounds today yeah and that, that's that's a big deal and coming off a game where he goes over seven from the field and uh, he still takes some 30 footers or, or close to it I don't I don't know why he's falling in love with that shot and sometimes like right at the line he doesn't like it but uh, he, he did make a, a big three kind of as the game started to turn there in that second half and, and provide a nice offensive spark. I mean, there was a stretch he scored like, you know, 10 of 12 or something like that. Had a nice – had a right hook. He, he kind of scored there in that, that mid-range. Sometimes he's hesitant. But it was another one of those games we brought it up on the pod before. I think I was doing the math. 12-1 and one when – Coleman has an offensive rating of 100 or better on Ken Palm. And some wow. people might be like, well, what does 100 mean? It's like when he's shooting more efficiently, when his assisted turnover is yeah. is more decent, like even though he had five turnovers, he did have four assists, so that kind of boosted it up. When Coleman is, is good or better offensively, Illinois usually wins those games. Here's something we don't talk about enough. This guy barely comes off the court. Um, yep. I'm just going to read you since January 4th, the Northwestern game. Here's his minutes, 36, 33, 35, 36. Only played 17 in a route uh, at Minnesota, got in foul trouble. Indiana, 38. Ohio State, 37. Wisconsin, 34. Nebraska, 35. Iowa, 35. Rutgers, 37. Right on number doesn't take him off the court for a reason. Um, he, he's so impactful. And I don't think we got to reiterate that over and over again. 
but sometimes I do uh, because he is he's so important to what this team accomplishes, Derek. Like, so is Matthew Meyer. So, I mean, so are all the guys that play, but um, he just does so much of, of everything. But, man, these freshmen are easy to love, aren't they? Uh, Ty Rogers is just such a joy to watch right now. Seven rebounds in 18 minutes, played great defense, uh, had an impressive block. And Sincere Harris uh, came into the game, Derek, I wrote this down here. He came into the game with 15 minutes left. Illinois was down five. He didn't get taken off the court for 10 minutes. He left the court. Illinois was up 13. Um, he was he was great. Five points, hit the first three of the game. He's one of their best three point shooters. Go figure. Um, but he had uh, two steals, one block, just great energy. And and I got to give Jade Neps credit here too. He's been fantastic defensively. Jade Neps and Sincere Harris took Cam Spencer out of this game. Two points on one for five shooting. He only attempted one three. Like I talked about, Rutgers needs somebody that can make shots. Go get a bucket. Cam Spencer would be that guy. He only took five shots and only won three. That's going to win you a game. For sure. I know that like synergy defensive numbers aren't perfect because they don't account for maybe who you're matched up against and also like shots that aren't taken. But Jaden and Ty are two of your highest. I think you're your two highest graded out defenders on this team. And I mean, you can see why. Like Jaden really hounds the ball uh, and off the ball too. Like with his quickness, he's pretty stout for a freshman as far as his ability to be physical. And, and he's made a lot less defensive mistakes than what we saw earlier in the season. He can stick to shooters. He can fight through ball screens. He does that very well. Speaking of which, obviously, Sincere is, is really tough to get by. and he, he just hounds you, and he has that unrelenting motor. He's tough, and uh, I know that there are some times offensively where he'll take some shots to kind of make you hold your breath or, or whatever. Uh, but, yeah, the three that he made was – Someone had to make one. I mean, uh, someone had to break the seal, and who knew Sincere Harris was going to do it? But, uh, I mean, his three-point percentage hasn't been terrible. It's in the 30s, right, on the season? Yeah, I was angry when he didn't take one in transition and then ended up being a, a bad shot towards the end of it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, th- those guys it's, – it's rare for freshmen to bring it like that. Uh, but, man, you see why we were so excited about Ty Rogers, why the staff was so excited about Ty Rogers. But Jade Nepp's growth defensively, the way he's fought through screens, Sincere is he's a skinny guy, right? But but he's he's shown a lot of toughness about fighting through screens. And, and those guys did it when other guys couldn't. Uh, Illinois, and that, that pick-and-roll defense was awful in the first half. Uh, and those guys really turned the game. And how many times have we said, Derek, Sincere Harris and Ty Rogers now, putting that group, change games defensively? Like runs are, are brought about. Like Illinois was fantastic offensively during that run. Um, they only scored what nineteen points in ten minutes. Like that's good, but not great. Um, it, it's the defense and Sincere Harris changed the UCLA game, changed the Nebraska game with Ty Rogers. Right, like those guys keep making that kind of impact, and that's what gives this team a high floor. Is is what they do defensively, and, and those guys um, are a huge part of it right now. Yeah, and the, that trio, you knew coming in they are going to bring grit, they are going to bring toughness, uh, heightened athleticism uh, versus kind of what Illinois has had in the past in, in some ways, definitely. Uh, you look at Sincere, Ty, I mean, Jaden's even a pretty solid athlete as well. So uh, to be able to lock in defensively, which usually you don't talk about as something that freshmen do a whole lot of. I mean, that's kind of yeah. a lot of times what keeps freshmen off the floor is their defensive mistakes, or maybe it's just inconsistent uh, energy and focus. You Younger players, I know Brad talks a lot about, like younger players tie their their mentality, kind of who they identify themselves as uh, to shot making and, and offense. And uh, But it's been great to see those guys do that. And, and Ty, I mean, 
at the very least, he's like a souped-up version of DeMonte. I mean, it, it, the, the jump shot that DeMonte added later in his career, obviously, would be a difference th- than Ty. But, like, his ability to sky for rebounds, his ability to to really get after you, like the way he hounded McConnell, who kind of surprised me with how he had it going offensively early. But uh, that shut down there in the second half. And Ty was – I mean, he was just a sight to see going up for boards and, and the type of just toughness and energy he gave to that end. Yeah, sometimes you got to remind yourself of how different this team looks this year. And that, that was the whole idea, right? But, like, last year you had Kofi and a bunch of guys who couldn't really get up besides Coleman, mm-hmm. um, a bunch of short guys usually for their position. And, and now you're, besides Jaden Epps, you're long, you're, you're at every position, you're athletic when you got Ty out there, Coleman out there, Meyer out there. Meyer did not have a good game. Ended up with eight points and eight rebounds. At least gave you energy on the glass, but some of those shots were bad. But Sometimes Terrence takes your breath away, man, with some of his rebounds today, some of his block shots, three blocks for Terrence today. Like, I, I was really encouraged by Terrence Shannon's second half because I felt like he disappeared in that first half again. Like, I felt like, where, where are these guys at? Um, you need more consistency out of him, but that's the best half I've seen from Terrence Shannon in a while. And, and that's going to be key. Like, it, it's, probably, it's probably better for him, Derek, that he doesn't have to handle the, the ball all the time, handle the scoring load all the time. Like the fact that he could have seven shots and a win over Rutgers and and may score 15 points, like I'd like to get him closer to 10 shots. But um, I thought in that second half he he took good looks, he got aggressive when he thought he should be aggressive, and he played within the the floor of the offense within it all. So I thought that was a step forward for for Terrence, who's settling into a little bit different role with with Jaden and, and Matthew kind of emerging over the last month. But in the long term, that's probably a good thing for Illinois. Yeah, they they needed. Terrence to have a positive come out of this game you know, in the last three averaged about 10 points wasn't very efficient uh, like I mentioned settling for the three a little bit too much and, and to see a couple of those go in uh, was nice to have his confidence come back because he's a better shooter than what he's shown well maybe early when he hits like eight threes against UCLA that was uh, maybe a, a peak outside of the norm obviously it was uh, for for Terrence but I mean he's better than a, a 25 percent three-point shooter which he's been in Big Ten play and uh, like catch and shoot numbers last year at Texas Tech was great. And to that point, like not having him have to create everything off the bounce. If you can let Jaden go, let Matt go, sometimes it is maybe just a kick out to Terrence. And you don't want him to fall in love with that shot because he is so gifted going downhill. It's just kind of picking and choosing his spots, but maintaining kind of that aggressiveness. Because I thought there was a, a time late in the half where he tried to sell a three-point foul and an airballed it. But then finally he's just like, I'm going to the I'm going to the teeth of the defense. I'm, I'm I'm just putting my head down and going. You got it. You got to call it, which he's been hoping for, and then was able to score at the rim a couple of times in the second half. So uh, good for him to to pivot off of what was a a rougher game. And I, I know even like he got subbed out early because he made a defensive mistake that Brad was upset with. But to to build some momentum down the stretch and and to come up big in the second half where I, while Illinois pulled away was was definitely good to see. Only eight players played today. One of them was Luke Goody. One of them was not R.J. Melendez. Uh, Luke plays five minutes, got a shot up. He was he came in shot ready, uh, that was for sure. Um, but he got a shot up, didn't go in, only played five minutes. This is kind of what I was expecting. It's going to take him some time, get up and down the court a little bit. So I think the Minnesota game would have been massive for him just to kind of get into a rhythm, feel good about yourself. It's harder in these games. Uh, but R.J. Melendez didn't play, and we found that interesting. And then Joey Wagner did a great job following up. Ask Brad Underwood, and Underwood says, violation of team rules. We don't know if he'll be out any longer, uh, but clearly this is coming off uh, – this is a difficult time for R.J. Melendez. He's in a slump. He's not playing 
as much as he was before. And Ty Rogers, Sincere Harris have passed him up. And now Luke Goody could be passing him up. So uh, what the future is for, for RJ Melendez, we'll find out here. But um, what would you make of that, Derek, both Goody and Melendez? For RJ, it's disappointing because he's kind of compounded the issue. We don't know, obviously, what's gone on behind the scenes to, to make it where he's suspended for that violation. But when he's already kind of fighting it, or he's definitely fighting, I mean, he was five for his last 40 from three. And like you said, the confidence is, has waned and, and Brad hasn't played him as much while Ty has surged and while Sincere has played well. Uh, to, to hurt what's already kind of a tough situation uh, definitely isn't ideal for someone that we had high expectations for going into this year and someone that is just very – he's a very gifted player when you look at his athletic makeup and, and what he can be offensively when the shot's going. It's just been a long time since we've seen it. So uh, that's unfortunate. Uh, Luke coming back in. I mean, you heard the crowd roar when he checks in. He's a he's a beloved guy. He's a guy that's going to play his butt off. Uh, high IQ, and they need him to shoot. Like I know his one miss wasn't particularly close, and, and he only played about five minutes. But uh, to get him going and see if he can make some of those those corner threes, which have been there. I mean, Illinois's gotten a lot of quality shots from from deep in, in that sense. And if Luke's taking them, and he's he's right. Uh, then that's something that he can make at a, at a decent clip. It's just the question of how long until his conditioning's all the way up. Is he someone that can really get it locked in defensively? Like is, is his mobility up to par uh, to be able to not be a liability there? But uh, yeah, a little taste of a Luke Goody today, and, and we'll see where it goes from here. But uh, he's someone that that can help this team a lot because it's still you look at five for twenty from three on the day, and uh, you need to, to boost those numbers to be a more efficient offense. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all right derek a lot of quad one opportunities coming up when you're playing good teams and you're heading out on the road you got a lot of them and two of them this week with penn state and indiana starts with uh 
Penn State on Tuesday, you'll be heading out to, to Happy Valley State College to, to cover that one. Uh, Penn State is in the, mi- the middle of the worst stretch of their season. Phenomenal offensive team. Uh, we know we saw it up close. They can get hot from three, but they are really ride or die with that because they are one of the worst defensive teams uh, in the Big Ten. But obviously, Illinois looking for a little bit of revenge uh, after being terrible defensively against Penn State. So uh, how do you expect them to, to guard Jalen Pickett in the post? How do you expect them to guard all those three-point shooters? I think having a chance to just stick Terrence Shannon on Jalen Pickett and not let Penn State just screen their way into switches to allow him to have the point guard matchup, Jaden Epps, and what was Sky Clark there down low, uh, that should make things a lot tougher for for Pickett to get going. And then to not, you know, when you're not in bad matchups, you don't have to help off shooters. Illinois has done a great job of limiting three-point attempts, of sticking to shooters on the outside. They should be much better suited to be able to contain this Penn State team, but still they have a lot of talented shot makers. It is kind of a different matchup, especially when, like, Miles Dreads at the five and can Dan get out there and guard the the three-point arc if, if he has it going. But then at the other end, Dan can really hurt them because they are probably – I, I mean, won't say the worst suited because anything that Minnesota does is, is terrible. But really, like roster wise, is probably the worst suited to guard anybody that can really score on the block. And they miss they miss John Hara. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah, they definitely do. Now they'll they'll probably double Dane and, and especially and make uh, Illinois try to beat them from the perimeter. But yeah, not a very good defensive team. They were they're very three point reliant. It's, they're they're in desperation mode and, and they were sitting there on the bubble and at one time projected in the field, but. Losing at Nebraska, losing at home to Wisconsin, losing to Maryland today. They got to get hot, otherwise they're going to the NIT. So uh, a big one. They'll, they'll be playing desperate at home there in State College. But Illinois, I like the way they're trending, and they should be a much better matchup just based on kind of what they do scheme-wise and how they've been playing recently. Yeah, uh, Penn State right now 62 in the net. Um, so I still think they got some work to do to get into the NIT because they are there in the midst of a really, really bad stretch here. But this is a, a different Illinois team, as you mentioned, Derek. Um, they, they guard differently. And I think this is one of the biggest probably showcases of that, of how they defend Penn State this time as opposed to what they did last time. So that's going to be fascinating uh, to watch coming into here. But these are the kind of wins you need if, if you want to double buy, right? Go on the road, beat a bottom four Big Ten team right now, and then you go on the road at Indiana with a lot to gain. Uh, it's This is the separation time for a lot of these teams in the league, and uh, this is one of Illinois' most difficult weeks of the season, uh, but also a huge opportunity ahead because, um, you know, you look at this last seven games. You got Penn State at Indiana, home against Minnesota, home against Northwestern, at a struggling Ohio State team, but that would still be a quad one opportunity there. Uh, then home against Michigan at Purdue. Uh, if you can find a way to get four wins there, I feel pretty good about getting a, a double bye in the Big Ten tournament. If you get five, I think you're probably finishing second in the Big Ten. I agree. Yeah, I think as you look at the next two road trips coming up, if you split that, you'd pretty much, for the most part, really like your next four when you have, I mean, Michigan, Northwestern, top echelon in terms of the Big Ten standings, yeah. Big Ten teams right now, but uh, both at home, both games, you should feel like you're, you're the better team for sure. And then uh, Minnesota and, and add an Ohio State team that's just in free fall. So uh, I like the way that sets up. And uh, to go to Penn State, a game that, let's be honest, you should win, you're, you're really solidifying yourself uh, and, and giving yourself a chance to lock in one of those top four seeds, improve your, your tournament stock where you could – pretty much almost double up your quad one wins. You went in 
this week with with three, and now you get one here today, and then get another one to Penn State, and have one that could, that could really matter if you wanted Indiana. So uh, trying to to boost that as much as possible, try to finish with the best possible finish there in the in the Big Ten standings, and just have the the momentum trend in, in the right direction. Because look, you know, ready or not, you got three weeks left of the regular season. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, and today I think Illinois is, is guaranteed to end today because uh, Michigan and Indiana are playing each other in, in a tie for third place um, with Northwestern and one of Michigan and Indiana. So this is a big this is a big weekend as you were talking about um, to, to get some separation. But now all, they're all huge. Um, but uh, stealing one on the road next week would be huge, uh, of course, and and get both. Yeah, you're starting to feel really good about where this team is headed and really starting to rise uh, in some of those rankings. Uh, before we get out of here, Derek, let's uh, answer a few or of these comments, questions. If you have some, you can send those in, but we're going to get out of here probably within the next five minutes. Um, very impressive showing for Dane versus Cliff. Nate said, I think, I think that's huge, but uh, Frodog says, oh, and I still don't look like they know offense yet. That shouldn't still be happening. What would you say to that, Derek? I think there's times where they uh... – like after Dane was rolling there in the first half and they started settling for threes or even early on, like their first two buckets, Dane scores on a Maury, uh, Coleman drives baseline and gets a dunk. And then they start to, they, they take a few threes and starting to, to settle and settle for those type of shots. So uh, there's still some of that, but I, I think that they, they ran some good stuff in the, and they go on the 19-0 run and uh, being able to get Terrence downhill for sure. Matt settled for some today. I mean, usually you're okay with that. Uh, and I think that, on the, on the grand scale of it, you'll settle or you'll uh, you'll be okay with him one for six. And but yeah, I, there there's some ugly stretches for Illinois still for sure, and they can clean that up. They have some sloppy turnovers to finish with 17, and some of those deep in the backcourt especially uh, are, yeah. are frustrating. But I think they've gotten you know from where you were a month ago, which isn't saying a whole lot because they were a disaster offensively a month ago. Uh, they have more of an identity, but it, it, there's more consistency that they can build for sure. They're a great defensive team. They're a mediocre offensive team. I, they can have times where they look terrible, Derek, but they're still not terrible because they're really good, efficient from two. They shoot too many threes, yeah. right? Like, and, and too many poor shot selection threes, uh, I think is the best way to say it because you got to shoot threes, and this team is capable of it. Uh, you just like them to, to shoot them in rhythm within the offense. Uh, I think that's the next step for, for these guys. Uh, Seneca Flint. Do we have concerns about playing a short bench? Seven guys played the whole game along with goodies, five minutes. I think that's kind of February and March, Derek, is, is most teams play seven or eight guys. And I think it's going to come down to who plays more minutes down the stretch, Melendez or Goody. But I think you have your seven guys, and Rodgers and Harris are, are a big part of that. And you'd like one of Goody or Melendez to, to be the other one. Yep, you said it right there. Usually you, you crack that down to an eight-man rotation for the most part. Some even go a little bit shorter and go seven. And I, I think that the way that Luke comes back is going to say a lot. Um, I think Ty's really established himself. I mean, uh, Brad said today, if I, if I want to rebound, I know exactly the guy I'm going to. So uh, for Ty to establish that identity, that role, uh, knowing how important defense is because it raises, like you said, the floor and uh, it's just a huge staple what this team's about. Ty's going to play minutes. Sincere, the energy's going to play minutes. And it does come down to kind of what version of Luke we see and, and the status of RJ Melinda's post-suspension. Uh, some comments uh, on the turnovers, Derek. 17 today is is far too many. Uh, that That's still a, a bugaboo of this team. I think they had gotten a little bit better at it 
Uh, but during conference play, they're one of the highest uh, in the Big Ten, 10th right now in turnover percentage. Uh, didn't end up killing them today, but I think it's a big part of why Rutgers took an early lead. Uh, I forgot how many points they ended up having off turnover, 16 points off 17 Illinois turnovers. I still think they win this game because of their defense and, and because of some of their offense late. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's a weakness of this team. Definitely, yeah, and a lot of them are unforced. Like when there's that inbounds deep in the in the backcourt, and, and Brad was just grilling Jaden for not just going and getting the ball, and McConnell mm-hmm. kind of because it's a little bit of a casual inbounds, he he swipes it and learns leads to a three, or uh, the team throwing each other lobs, which. I would have thought Lobs would be more successful than the early Brad Underwood days, the Aaron Jordan and, and the, the ones we saw way back when. Brad today, we haven't made a lob since Kofi was here. <laughs> yeah, this team should be better at Lobs than they are, but they yeah. kind of force the issue at times. And if just – Don't have has, a great point guard, right? I mean, Jaden yeah. Epps is a, is a great guard, but he's not what I would call a point guard really right. traditionally. They, they've, they've had the – tendency to get in that mode and even the Iowa game I know that we focused a lot on the free throw differential like Illinois having twice as many turnovers as Iowa 14 to 7 was was part of hurting yourself as well so they, they've yeah. had that that knack and I know that someone said there on the uh on the comments you know we, we've talked about cleaning it up all year long like yeah the offense is is something that just hasn't been at a, a above average clip in, the, in yeah. the Big Ten and it's something that could hurt this team but yeah uh Listen, they got enough talent to overcome it at times, but it's a weakness. Yeah. Every team in college basketball has them. <laughs> I mean, sure. Purdue doesn't have many of them, uh, but but this is one. I think we've seen Michigan State turn the ball over a lot when they've won Big Ten titles. It's got to be good elsewhere. Um, so you do want to clean those up. It's unforced ones that bother you. Um, those are the ones that bother you. Uh, Brad, Illinois lose some games they shouldn't due to the schedule. They'll run out of gas by the end of the season. I don't know if that's common about the, the Minnesota cancellation here. That's going to be three games in six days. Um, that's difficult. Well, playing the NBA, that's what you do. Um, mm. But is there a game on the schedule besides Minnesota that you'd say they're like games that they shouldn't lose? I mean, they're eight and they've won eight out of their last 10, Derek, and their losses are to a red hot Indiana team who looks like one of the best. 15 teams in the country right now. Uh, and then at Iowa, when he followed a little bit too much, maybe you could say that you should have won that one, but you were an underdog going into that one. So there's not many games left on the schedule. I sit there and go, ah, Illinois inconsistent, <laughs> lost that game outside of the, the Minnesota one. Uh, these are all going to be tough. Uh, I'll include Northwestern at, at home because that's looks like an NCAA tournament team right now. Yeah, seven games in three weeks. I mean, that is stacking it up a little bit. Like you said, I mean, we we have so many NBA conversations on here. Like, if you want to play in the NBA, you got to play back to backs and a lot more of a, a loaded schedule. But um, I, I guess I, we're, think, I don't want to veer into a load management conversation yeah, with, the, with the college basketball that, crew. That's here. actually true. That's, <laughs> but when, when you have four in six days, that's part of why they probably do it. Yeah, you can't go Kawhi Leonard here uh, in college <laughs> basketball. But uh, I, I like at least how it sets up because. You play Penn State. You got some time to prepare for Indiana. And let's be honest, on the on the heels of that Indiana game, you're going to play Minnesota. And there's yeah, if that were if, if that were even like Nebraska, <laughs> yeah. it'd be a different story, right? But Minnesota is so bad. Yeah, I mean, if it was Northwestern two days later, that would be really tough. Right now, I think that when you kind of stack up the fact you're going to play Indiana, Minnesota, and then Northwestern in a six day span, and Northwestern being at the end of that, you could have some tired legs against the Northwestern squad that obviously has already beaten you. They've they've been feisty. They've been able to to stack up some quality wins. That that could make it tougher. 
but not to necessarily excuse the fact that, you know, you're in your home building, you're better than Northwestern. I would still think this team should win that game. Uh, Brad said, is Ty the next Dennis Rodman? Is someone he- someone on uh, Twitter was like, I, I don't know if uh, many players, if you made a highlight film, that most of it would be rebounding. And Dennis Rodman is the one guy that came to my mind. Uh, ben Wallace? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he's, not, he's obviously not 6'11". I saw Ben Wallace in person once, man. <laughs> Just ridiculously. It's like Cliff. <laughs> Cliff looks like Ben Wallace. Uh, and we'll wrap up with Jack because this is a, a good knack uh, for Jaden Epps. How does Jaden Epps make every runner off the glass? Never seems like uh, someone makes them so consistently. I, I was going to tell you this during the game. that He plays with such great pace. Like that, that is something point guards, guards that attack off the dribble. You can't just go like Terrence Shannon sometimes goes 100 miles an hour, like probably too often. Jaden does a nice job of changing pace and he's got that quickness and he's got strength uh, to get to. I don't think Sincere Harris could do some of the things Jaden Epps does uh, around the rim, just keep people on his back and, and have the strength to do that. So uh, he's been phenomenal at those. He didn't make he. It's kind of in a little bit of a three-point slump here, but the, the way he attacks off the, the dribble is something this team certainly needs. He's got great touch off the glass. He's got the ability to finish from different angles. He's just really comfortable. That's something I saw in high school that he's just very composed when he gets into traffic. Like when he gets into the lane and he's got defenders around him, he just doesn't panic. He's able to stay on balance and body control and everything and just a great finisher around the basket. Joey said it's kind of opposite ends of the spectrum uh, in terms of how you feel about the where the position is going to end when Sincere is dribbling the ball and kind of trying to create something. Now, he's been able to have success when even it looks a little dicey. And then when Jaden is just so – like you already think about him as a veteran. You think about him as someone that has been around for a long time. Uh, because, you, because he is never sped up too much, he is able to just make it look so smooth and get into the lane seemingly at will. So that, that's been great. But, yeah, he could use the three-point shot to come back a little bit over four today. Uh, Ty Rogers conference play, Derek, 15% offensive rebound percentage, 21 defense uh, to steal a Brad Underwood overused word. That's elite. <laughs> he's, 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 he's unbelievable uh, on the glass. All right. Thank you to everybody for watching on our YouTube live. Appreciate all you guys. If you can give us a like on there, subscribe to it. Uh, you can get all our videos up here. We got all the post game videos on our YouTube and check out our uh, conversation with Darren Williams. Always great catching up with a, a guy who at one point in his career, Derek, um, was having a Hall of Fame case <laughs> at some point during his, his career. Now he's in the MMA. He was in golf for a while, but he's a former wrestler. I asked him why he got in the MMA. He says, stay in shape, man. And I, I think he's just uber competitive, dude. So anytime you can get somebody like that back in the arena, Manny Jackson, who's who's huge, uh, obviously, in the basketball world, and Harlem Globetrotters, everything he's done, uh, that's a good thing for this program. Like Coleman even said, I asked him about it after the game. He was, I didn't even know growing up that – that Darren Williams went to Illinois. So the fact that that's on the broadcast, the fact that you got some more guys in the NBA, like, like I would assume, maybe a couple more in a year. Uh, that's always good to get those guys back around the program. Yeah, definitely. I mean, a guy that's played on a, a team USA team and, and the fact that he's got some staying power as far as like relevancy, uh, as far as like across the nation, people yeah. know who Darren Williams is. And when you, can sell him when you have him at your game and, and everything. That's a that's a big deal. And well, they have a picture of him up probably in a line uniform. Let's get a picture of him uh, punching Frank Gore in the face up somewhere. Like <laughs> how he won one? that fi- he won yeah. that fight. I don't know how he did, but uh, don't yeah, mess with Darren. That's what I would say. No, I mean I remember having some conversations back like 
late middle school into high school that, hey, you know, D. Will's better than Chris Paul. I, I haven't really peddled those yeah. narratives too much lately, but he, those, those jazz years and uh, I know maybe very early Nets, he was awesome. Yeah, I know I'm not supposed to, to say good things about LeBron, but that's another amazing thing about LeBron. Like he's doing this for like six years after Darren retired and he was drafted two years before Darren. I know he's probably, what, one year younger. Uh, but Chris Paul doing what he's doing at his age. And now he gets Kevin Durant to play with. That's insane. Like the fact that he's been doing this for this long and then Chris Paul is going to turn him right into a, to a head coach. But, but Darren Williams got figured out. I think he's just enjoying his life away from the basketball. Say he barely watches basketball now. I know he's big into golf. Golf yeah. and MMA, I think, are his, his two passions. He's he's living a good life. You, you mentioned it, though. People like know Darren Williams when they mention him. I, I wanted to look up basketball reference, similarity scores through their careers. Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan, yeah. Stefan Marbury, Tim Hardaway, Derek Harper, Mookie yeah. Blaylock. Those, those are all kind of guys that, like, maybe not Hall of Fame careers, but multiple All-Stars uh, went on to do, obviously, great things uh, in the NBA. I told Derek it could be 30 minutes. This is 40. It's kind of what we do here. Uh, but appreciate all you guys for listening to the Illini Inquirer podcast. Uh, give us a rating review wherever you get podcasts. we got plenty of content coming up at Illini Inquirer. i got a Super Bowl preview story that has an Illini angle. Caught up with Darren Williams. Derek will have player grades. Uh, we'll also do a, a Joey's new story on Dane Danger as well with all the discussion we've had about him today. But everybody take care of each other. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Derek, who you got? Chiefs. Yeah. They're the underdog. I'm taking taking Mahomes, though. Yeah. It's really hard to go against Mahomes, isn't it? Brad Underwood said 31-24. I'll just be different. I'll go with Austin Berkland's Eagles, even though I don't want to see Austin Berkland tweeting about his Eagles. <laughs> uh, I'll go high scoring, though. I'm going to go Eagles 31, Chiefs 28. It's got a chance to be a really fun Super Bowl. Yeah. I no, love these the matchup. Are- these, these are two teams. Like if it was this and Eagles and Bengals or whoever, the last four were, were all great teams. And I'm just glad we don't have to see third string San Francisco or fourth string San Francisco quarterback uh, in the Super Bowl. Everybody have a great weekend. Take care of each other. Enjoy the Super Bowl parties. We'll talk to you next time on the Online Enquirer podcast. Bye, everybody.